What is a big drive energy Wednesday edition? We've got a special interview for you guys today. Josh Seipel, uh, we played high school golf with him. He played high school golf with Wyndham Clark at Valor Christian, went on to Old Miss and then went on to play uh, on the PGA Tour Canada and PGA Tour Latino America. Great stories in that interview. Make sure to tune in and stick around for that. Uh, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at Breckenridge Distillery. By far the best whiskey we've ever had. All we have in our house is Breck, our house, because we're living together currently. Mitchell's, Mitchell lives in my basement, goes grocery shopping for me. Even if he forgets my stuff, I still love him. But all we drink is Breckenridge Distillery. We've got a bottle of the Powder Hound there right now. Special occasions only, um, but I'm on the hot toddy grind while I'm still getting over my what it feels like 10th sickness of the year. Mix up some Breck Distillery, some tea, honey, cinnamon. Absolutely incredible. You can get Breckenridge Distillery in all 50 states, including Alaska and Hawaii. Check out BreckenridgeDistillery.com or check out your local liquor store. I bet you they've got a couple bottles of it. I love the selection they have. Go to the local liquor store here in Denver, and they've got like 10 different options. It's almost too much, but they've also got the pear vodka. mixes great with a little soda. Um, little, not too sweet, but if you like the pear taste, which I'm a big pear guy, it's incredible. So check out BreckenridgeDistillery.com for award-winning or even home delivery of Breckenridge Distillery. It's like uh, Pokemon. You got to drink them all. So yeah. you got to catch them all. Got to gotta... try them all until you find the one you like, but I guarantee you there's one out there that you like. Oh, you're going to like all of them. They're all so good. Also want to tell you guys about our friends over at Bet365. Bet365 is who we do all of our golf betting with. Use the code ALLCITY when you sign up and you get to choose between two offers. Uh, safe First bet, safety net of $1,000, meaning you get to throw a bet out there up to $1,000. If you don't hit it, they give you a free bet back matching that amount so you get another chance to win all of your money back. Continue on with that bet from there. Bet golf with us. Enjoy the wins, which are coming. But use the code ALLCITY when you sign up. Must be 21 plus and physically located in Colorado. Please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. We're going to be getting into our each-way bets here really quick. We've got a couple guys coming up for the Mexico Open. My guys are Doug Gim plus 3,500, Cameron Champ plus 4,000, and Brandon Wu plus 3,000. Brandon Wu has finished in the top five here the last two years in a row. He's so, always that dude that's like at the end, of, he ends up at the, near the top of the leaderboard. And I'm like, I never think to bet him. So I'm, I like that you did. And knowing our luck, he'll probably miss the cut now. 100%. That's how it happens. Thank you for doing that. You're um, I took Tony Phenox. I've openly talked shit about him only being able to win tournaments like this. So I think he's going to win this tournament for that reason alone. Emiliano Grillo is actually low key having a very good season. Um, Tony Finau's boosted on the bet 365 app, by the way. Uh, Plus twelve hundred on other apps. He's plus fourteen hundred on Bet three six five. Uh, Emiliano Grillo's plus two thousand. We take the each ways. Um, so one through ten each way. He's plus two thousand, and he's playing really really good golf. And Mackenzie Hughes, Bubble Boy, uh, plus thirty five hundred each way. One through ten. Uh, I think he can get it done down in Mexico. Just a little Canadian snowbird in Mexico for a little bit. Yeah, it should be a fun event, kind of a birdie fest. I was looking for my boy Eric Cole, but he's not playing this week, even though he's an Iron Man. He is uh, not going to play this week. So we've got our picks out there. Make sure you're following us on Twitter, big uh, at Big Drive Energy, or Instagram, Big Drive Energy Pod. We tweet these out every single week right before the PGA Tour event starts. 
Uh, quick little news and notes from the week of golf. Joaquin Neiman got what he had petitioned for in his post-round interview a couple weeks ago after winning live at Mayakoba. Both him, Rio, oh God, here we Hisatune. go. Hitsetsune and Torbjorn Olsen are three special invites to the Masters. This is not because he won and has been so good on the live tour. They're uh, claiming it's because he... he Decided to play outside events outside of the uh, live tour event. He's the only live player to receive a special invitation to a major. Uh, so opening a door, but it was, he won the Australian open and he's played in other events outside of live tour to try to earn world ranking points. So the committee saw that and invited him um, to the masters this coming year, which will be awesome. Taylor Gooch, who has been arguably the best player over the course of lives entire career will not be invited to the masters. Um, but Excited for Joaquin. He got, I believe, T14 or T16 in the Masters last year. So if he goes out and wins it, that's going to open up a legendary. whole bunch of other doors, I think, at some point. Yeah, oh, the, I feel like they're kind of playing with fire a little bit by giving these exemptions. But, uh, you know, I think he's too good to not let him in because he's legitimately going to be probably top 10 to 15 in the odds to win the Masters. I'd, I haven't checked that yet, but he's just too good. Uh He's one of those guys, you know, being an international guy, he he does numbers, he gets ratings. So uh, just none of those illegal drops out at Augusta and he'll be fine. Yep. Uh, so looking forward to that. That's all we've got for you today as far as this portion of the show. We're going to kick it to ourselves in studio with Josh Seipel. We hope you enjoy the interview. Once again, if you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever, give us a rating, give us a thumbs up. If you're watching on the YouTube, if you're not on the YouTube, subscribe at Big Drive Energy Golf. Appreciate you tuning in every week. Enjoy the interview with Josh Seipel, and we'll talk to you next Monday. All right, welcoming on to Big Drive Energy, we have former Valor Christian, Old Miss product, and former PGA Tour Canada and Latino America, Josh Seipel. Thanks for joining us, man. Appreciate you taking the time uh, to talk to us today. You're a full-time teacher down in... Taking the time to talk to us today, dude. Sorry, I went out there for a little second, but uh, thanks for having me on here, boys. No problem. Uh, first, we got to ask you how the Daytona 500 was, because that's what you were doing on Monday. So we got to hear a little bit about that. Absolutely incredible. I am an NASCAR fan now, but uh, I do literally nothing going into it. And it was like as much fun as you could have at a sporting event. Yeah, it feels like, uh, as far as I know, it's you turn left about 700 times or more, and that's as far as it goes. But it definitely feels like one of those things you got to be there to really appreciate. Um, For sure. And it was yes. a lot classier than I was expecting it, to be honest. Oh, shit. Like, I legitimately, like, when we were talking about it, I was just thinking it was just the most backwoods Florida, like, Everglades bullshit. No, it wasn't like the stadium's incredibly nice. Like it wasn't, it actually wasn't very rowdy. Now we didn't go to like where people have the campers and stuff, but like, I mean, you just bring a cooler of beer in there. They don't like, and then if you have to buy beers in there, they're three bucks. Food was $5. It was so much fun. And it was a great, great sports betting. Like <laughs> as you picked, we got to go down in the pit before. So you just like, we picked a couple cars, had some action on it. It was fun. Is it? Yeah, it's one of those where you just like pick a car that looks cool, and you're like, I'm gonna bet on that one. 
Yeah. Oh, but I have both my guys. I had, I only know the numbers. It was one in like 22 are the cars I bet on. They were winning with like four laps to go. Both of them crashed. <laughs> oh, I was going to say there was a massive crash with like eight or nine laps left. Right. So some, some dude fucking dicking around in the very back was all of a sudden like, holy shit, I'm going to win the fucking Daytona mm-hmm. 500. Well, and then I didn't, so there's one lap to go. And they crashed like basically at the finish line and they just called it, which I didn't understand that rule, but they just make it up as they go. They're like, yeah, we'll just, we'll just call it now. Yeah. But it was fun. I'm, I mean, I'll definitely go. I probably won't go to like other ones, but I'll go to the Daytona every year for sure. Now I was going to say Daytona and Talladega are the two that I would probably go to. Other than that, I'm not going to like Kentucky for a NASCAR race. Yeah, now I did. I think Talladega gets a little more ratchet, so that that one, I think that's where you see the people come out. Yeah, well, it seems like definitely one of those sports where you know, if you're a NASCAR fan growing up, it's obviously in your blood. I we went to school with a few kids that like practically mm-hmm. had Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s name tattooed on their fucking ass, and they were obsessed with it. But it does seem like a sport that if you're not into or you don't follow a ton, once you actually go to it and experience it in person. It's way cooler than watching it on fucking TV. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, well, let's just get right into it. Let's start out with, uh, tell us a little bit of how you got into golf. Like, when was the first time you picked up a club? Who got you into it? Um, you grew up in Colorado, correct? Yes, I grew up in uh, Castle Rock there. And then I kind of, like, I always picked a cl- Like, I knew how to pick up a club. And, like, the way my dad would get me on the golf course, he'd be like, I'll give you two bucks and you can caddy for me and my friends. And I thought that was a great deal. I got screwed on that. <laughs> I was going to say he got one cheap caddy. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't really like, I think it was seventh or like eighth grade, seventh grade. Like that summer, I was very little kid too. So I always got hurt playing real sports and uh, I just like kind of picked it up and I was okay at it and then eighth grade i was homeschooled because not the best student so i had to catch up a little bit there going into high school and that's when i like started practicing playing every day and i kind of i kind of got good decently quick so yeah picked up no, i mean by the time i played with you you were a sophomore i was a junior you were a stick but it basically sounds like the year you were homeschooled you finished sixth seventh and eighth grade from like nine till noon. And then you <laughs> went and just played golf all afternoon all, all day. And like, I think it was like, I was probably shooting like nineties then. And then I, a month or two before high school tryouts, I broke 80 for the first time. And then I would say like a month into high school, maybe I was before this, I don't know on my timetable here, but first time I broke par, I shot 67 at common ground. So it was like kind of quick. I figured it out at least. Yeah, you sound like it, you were a relatively late bloomer compared to these kids now that are shooting like 65 when they're 11 years old. You're like, it's it's absolutely insane what kids are doing nowadays. Insane, but like you got to think like getting burned out a little bit too. Like if you're if you're shooting 65 at 12, like what do you have to look forward to a little bit? <laughs> that shit's just boring at that point. Yeah, I mean, every day you're like, ah, shot five under you got to do that for the next 40 years now (laughs) yeah everywhere you go um so were you where did you play as a kid growing up before you got into high school did you have a home course or were you just playing all yes i I grew up uh at castle pines country club and i lived on the seventh hole there so it was awesome i'd go out there just 
I'm sure the greenskeepers loved me just ripping wedges into there and then <laughs> the range was right there and so kind of would just get it's starting eighth grade I'd kind of just get dropped off there and spend That's the so whole sick. summer real quick so you you were on the country club we've never you've never played the country club have you I think one time but oh. I get them all fucked up we played the golf club once we yes. played obviously okay. uh castle what's the, the ridge the ridge a ton or yeah. a fair amount of times but i don't know if i remember the country club all yeah so would you say well and i know they've done a big reno and we'll kind of get into with the bmw being here later this year but would you say mm-hmm. the country i've heard from a lot of people the country club was better than the golf club for a long time do you have an opinion there uh, well but so then my pops did he joined the golf club when i was probably like senior in high school or freshman in college like the country club is honestly in as good of shape as anywhere you'll play, but the layout, and it's so much fun, but no, it's not even layout wise. It's not very close. Okay. There's some, there's some holes at the country club. You're like, Oh, this is a bad hole. But like, I have as much fun playing there as anywhere in the world. It's yeah, so fun. I've definitely heard it's a really good time, mm-hmm. but no, like as far as championship golf course, golf club blows it out of the water for sure. So were you always planning to go to Valor Christian or did you, when you got to high school, it was like, holy shit, I'm really good at golf. They obviously, you know, kind of fucking breed that, you know, they have a legitimately paid golf coach, not like us coaching at Elizabeth type of scenario. Um, Was that the plan the whole way or uh, did you just decide later on? Well, I get uh, my older sister went to uh, my older brother went to Rock Canyon. Then my sister went to Regis and she switched to Valor. And it was great. And then obviously, yeah, the sports is world class there. So that made the decision pretty easy for me. As long as I could get in, you know, <laughs> I was going. You're like, I got to homeschool my grades up to get into Valor yeah. Christian. Oh, legit, mom, legit. mom, bump this shit up to an A plus, bro. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, then Valor, Valor kind of opened uh, like pretty, you were probably one of the first graduating classes, like third or fourth maybe or so. But my sister, so she was, I'm trying to think of, she graduated as I was going into high school and she was the very first class. I mean, okay. So maybe like four years before you. Yeah. Okay. But she started also as like a, she went in there, I think as a sophomore. So she was the first class, if that makes sense. As a sophomore. Okay. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, so let's kind of get into Valor a little bit because I remember you telling me, like we were talking about, obviously when you would go to practice, it's not your average high school golf practice where like mm-hmm. on our high school team, just a little background. Uh, I actually had a senior when I was a sophomore, throw me on the ground and like try to fight me on the driving range. Um, it was just an absolute gong show the entire time. Our coach was too busy working on his 120 yard slice that he couldn't stop hitting. So he was just hitting range balls the whole time. Uh, basically, we, we, you know, we tried to make lemon lemonade out of lemons there. But, uh, I remember you telling me you guys practice for like two and a half hours a day and you were on the putting green for like two hours of that. Is that correct? Yeah. And like, I mean, my high school coach was, uh, Jason Prio who teaches up there in Denver and like, shit, this was like my soft freshman, sophomore year. He was damn after the first two rounds at the U S open at pebble. He was T eight. Yeah. So like, He's beaten Tiger and Phil. So the guy could, he had great golf knowledge. And then we had a couple other guys who like worked there. But yeah, I mean, 
it was like a real practice. You showed up late, you'd have to walk around that broken T driving range fence. There'd just be like 10 of us. Like he was good. He made it awesome. I mean, I think we had 54 kids on our golf team. Holy shit. That's like, that's like mm -hmm. a old Miss football roster. Yeah. So it was good like, we, I know, I know we had a freshman, a JV team, two varsity teams and like a seniors only team. <laughs> A seniors only. That's probably uh Is that the kid shooting like eighty seven but still want to play golf or they could still break eighty. So like they'd always there'd be other like high schools they'd be like, come on over, like you'll be our one guy. And all my buddies are like, I don't even see the damn lineup over here. <laughs> yeah, dude, the uh the first year I, I started coaching at Elizabeth uh one or two years before Mitchell came on. And my first year we had three kids try out. That's where three? we were at. <laughs> three kids on the entire team one of them was decent actually which we kind of rode okay. for a little i mean decent okay we have different <laughs> we have different uh classifications of he decent could, like he, he could, could break, break 90 pretty consistently like shooting low to mid 80s maybe a 79 here or there if he played really well so he was at least worth mm -hmm. like giving the time to and not that Got you know it. yeah but like as yeah. a, us being decent golfers in high school we're like all right well we want the team to be a competitive, because uh, we were competitive, you know, all through Mitchell's years, mm -hmm. um, but then it kind of fell off. The one question I had for you, playing at Valor, I, the question everybody wants to know, what was it like to play high school golf with Mitchell Smith? <laughs> I mean, the kid, the kid got it. He brought the energy for sure. <laughs> Dude, we had some good times. Like, I remember yeah. just laughing and, like, bullshitting with you. We were cracking up. It was a good time. For sure, and you—I still remember you'd get mad, and you'd get that bag going, and you'd be hustling up that fairway, <laughs> just steaming it off. <laughs> oh, bro, there was definitely some. I—I uh, I, uh, have learned as I've gotten older to control my anger, but in high school, you're just like a loose cannon. Like, oh, I was probably uh, throwing clubs and shit. It was just—it uh, was a treat to play with me, <laughs> as we all were at that age. Right. Like I, I kind of look back at my high school career and just cringe like what I thought was cool. Then like you're where I was wearing like white pants and white shoes and a white belt and a white hat. And I'm like, when I think I was fucking Luke Donald circa 2004. Oof, I had those Puma shoes and the Jay Lindbergh belt. That's <laughs> oh, with the big buckle. Yeah, that's bad. Did you ever bad. get into the uh, the 59 buckles? no i didn't i don't luckily thank god i remember thinking that was the coolest shit and now i look back at them i'm like god those were terrible oh i mean I, those couldn't have been cooler <laughs> like that's all you wanted uh well okay so i remember my junior year the, our first event and speaking on like what you said you guys had like 54 kids on your team um my junior year was so it would have been your sophomore year Wyndham senior year and then Jake Siano's freshman year, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And we played Highland Hills the first round, and it will forever be seared in my brain because I think I probably shot like 75. It's like what I shot at every single event, like <laughs> nothing special. And Jake shot like 64, and he's 14 years old. I'm like, what is, what, what is this kid eating for breakfast? Holy shit. Dude, I mean, think of Jake's been good at golf since I think he was on the golf channel at like, five or six making a hole in one at junior worlds like he's been good forever yeah and i remember i don't know uh i played in the group behind him at a u.s open local at the broadmoor and i don't know if you know his dad or anything but he looks mm -hmm. like he's in the mafia <laughs> like just For sure italian slick back hair big dude i'm like 
yeah, this guy, like Jake has no choice, but to be good at golf. <laughs> yeah, like, They couldn't be more Italian looking. You are correct on that. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, Jake was super good. Uh, Ross McDonald was good. You yeah. were good, very good. Uh, Wyndham, I don't think joined the team cause he was at the USAM at like Aaron Hills or something that year. Um, but how much fun was it just to like, cause us being, you know, from Elizabeth where it's not nearly as competitive golf wise, um, how much better do you think it made you playing against those guys like every day and trying to beat those dudes out? Oh, I mean, it was huge, especially kind of like, I mean, even before Wyndham, there's Spencer Sheets, who was like a senior when I was a freshman, he played at Oral Roberts, Mike Schoolcraft, he graduated, but he played at Oklahoma. So it was kind of like, you just kind of were like, like, that was the normal, I guess. So it was like, you're just kind of getting used to seeing good golf, if that makes sense. Like I was lucky. I grew up playing with Brendan Conley a lot who played at Gonzaga and like, they always just like, or Eric Hallberg too. Like I just saw a lot of good golf. So it kind of, I think it more just moves your expectation of like, Oh, that's what you do. Yeah. Two, uh, two friends of the program there. We love Brendan yeah. and fucking Eric. Those are the, those yeah, they're good. Dude. They're great guys. Um, yeah, I've, I've told this, I think on the pod once before, but when I knew, so I, I was, de- I was decent in high school, like kind of your mm-hmm. mid low eighties, couple tournaments, I fire 74, 75 and I'd be like fucking ecstatic. Um, but at that point before Mitchell, like really had his rise, I was like the number one on our team and mm-hmm. we were in the league with Valor for a couple of years, which made zero sense. Cause we were tiny as shit school. Uh, th- we're in like Elizabeth is in like a Colorado Springs league now mm-hmm. with a bunch of schools that are like two a, so that's where okay. about they should fit. But we, I showed up to the, like, it was like the seventh hole shotgun live style tournament <laughs> show up to the seventh hole and I'm playing with Wyndham. And, you know, he, he introduces himself. I'm like, yeah, you know, I know you're going to fucking just destroy me, but I'm like, all right, I'm going to make it my personal goal to try to like keep up with him today. And first hole, it's like a, I believe it was, it was Highland Hills or some, one of those like North courses. And it's a yeah. dog leg left where you don't hit driver off the tee. So I like blast hybrid right down the middle. He hits it in the fucking water on the right. And I'm like, all right, this is a fucking great start. He's <laughs> fucking livid. He is like stomping around. I'm like, this is uncomfortable, but you know, I'm, I'm maybe I'll get a stroke or two on him here. Start the day off good. He goes over by the water, drops fucking, you know, they didn't have like he's like slamming the ball down, like throws mm-hmm. his bag down on the ground, fucking drops from like 185 out and hits it to a foot. Yeah, and makes par. Part. I hit it on the middle of the green, three whack it for bogey, and I'm like, fuck. <laughs> okay, this is where it's different. I was like, this is just different shit. This is the shit I don't see every day. Yeah, for sure. No doubt. I mean, the kid, he's unbelievable. Well, yeah, let's get into uh, Wyndham a little bit. So obviously, whatever you can share, we're open to uh, yeah, hearing. Yeah. But, um, I played regionals with him my junior year that year. We, I think we played like Foothills um, okay. up north. It was an absolute goat ranch. Uh, they had just punched the greens like a week before. And the first yeah. three, the first three holes, Wyndham made like 120 feet of putts. He knocked one in from 30 feet on one, like 50 feet on two for Eagle. This is another thing I'll never forget. Um, And then on three, he hits driver underneath the tree, chips out, hits it's like 30 feet and makes that. And I'm like, what? And he shoots like, I I feel like I hit the ball. Everybody's good as him. And he, I will give a lot of credit because I would, and I don't know if you agree with this, but in high school, he wasn't like a really good ball striker. His short game was just insane. 
like for sure get it up and down from a paper paper bag like and his putting was insane but um obviously his ball striking has improved greatly and now he's one of the best drivers of the ball on the pga tour but uh what was it like hanging out with him and just like picking his brain because i remember and you'll have to tell me the exact story but was he using bob estes's putter is that whose it was I think so. I just remember it was like a Odyssey, like center shaft, kind of like Ross, him an and Odyssey him. Rossi, like center shaft. I think so. And with the white hot, I remember too more because him and Jake both used it. And but like okay. when it was obviously, if you played with him half the time, he was still shooting 66, 65, but he kind of hit driver a little looser for sure. It was great irons. And then to your point, short game, just 12 out of 10. But he was like a great, he's always kind of been like an older brother to me, like helped me out. His dad kind of mentored me all through high school. And, uh, but his work ethic was just, the dude just grinded. So yeah. kind of deserves where he's at now for sure. Oh, absolutely. Did I heard some like rumors and I, I, I don't even know if I should throw it out there, but the reason he left, uh, Oklahoma state for Oregon was he got an altercation with, uh, the Oklahoma State golf coach, can you confirm or deny that? I have no idea. I don't, <laughs> can't really, I know Baron, never honestly even asked him that. I just knew, I knew out of, or in high school, I know he was kind of looking at Oregon as well. So probably just needed a new start there, which worked out nicely for him. Yeah, I was going to say he kind of got to Oklahoma State right when they were like, you know, relatively on the downturn where they had Ricky Fowler and Peter Uline and all those guys come through and they were, a powerhouse and then you know they still had really good players like i, I think did Wyndham play with taylor gooch at oklahoma state i think probably and they still had i mean shit victor was my oh class. yeah hovland i forgot about they, victor i think i forgot to they did switch coaches right then too because it was mike mcgraw then he went to bay or i guess then he went to bama then baylor and then i think alan bratton i would imagine still there who was a great player and played yeah. there so Okay. It was kind yeah. of a little turning of the program, and now they're obviously good again. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I can assume it's similar to any other sport where a, a coach recruits you if he leaves. You don't necessarily – you may, might follow him, but you're probably leaving the program, you know? Yeah. Um, you want to go somewhere that you're wanted. But, uh, yeah, just a, a super interesting dude, and we've talked about him quite a bit on the pod because before he won last year, I was like, this dude's – I was like, once he wins one time, he's going to win a dozen times. Like, he just has that vibe where, you know, once you take the lid off the hole, it's not going to stop for him. Um, Kind of anybody, a little stroke of confidence, and all of a sudden that hole looks massive, too. So, right. He he definitely figured out, too. Like, obviously, he he was a little hot on the golf course at times, and mentally, (laughs) you can see he's definitely a different person out there. So, that's cool to watch. Well, we were talking about it because he was following me at uh, at Pelican Lakes for state our jun- my junior year, mm-hmm. and Wyndham was like on kind of one of the adjacent greens, and I had like four people following me that were all my immediate family, and w- <laughs> Wyndham had like a crowd of like two three hundred people following him probably, um, but he missed. He said he missed like a thirty footer, like lipped out a thirty footer and like threw his putter, like <laughs> the expectation just to make everything. I'm like. As long as I don't three putt from 30 feet, I'm pretty stoked about it. Good to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, let's just two putt and get out of here. But 
I do remember real quick. I'm sorry, Bob. He was telling me about Bob S's putter and he's like, yeah, I I don't leave this thing in the car. I take it into the uh, dinner and like shine it up when we're sitting at the dinner table. He's like, I think he's like Bob S just made like 3.6 million with this putter. Like he had more stats that he knew about his putter than I knew about my own (laughs) golf game. So I was like, yeah, we're, we're on different planets right now. This is wild. That's funny. Yeah, that that state event, my buddy and I drove up from, we were in college in Colorado Springs, and we drove up to watch Mitchell, and he's fucking chopping it around, and I turn around, and like Wyndham's like six under through seven or eight, and I'm like, hey, dude, let's just go watch this guy. <laughs> fuck fuck <laughs> Mitchell. Let's, let's watch him hit a few. Well, so I shot 74, 74. Didn't you shoot like 73, 71 or something like that? Yeah, and I got the last round too. Like the, I was like blacked out for me. I shot like 30 or 31 on the front nine. My high school coach like turns. He's like, well, you're down one or two on the front. I'm like, are you shit me? Like I made everything. And then I, I still remember I make, I went bogey triple to shoot 71. Just packed it in. Oh my God, dude. That's, that is tough. I do remember what, did you finish on 18? Obviously. Yeah, because um, it was that where it, it had the river like bisecting the fairway from the tee and then the the fairway from the green also. So there was like, yeah, I did it over a river twice or shit everywhere. You could make a huge number there. You hit like seven iron, seven iron or something terrible. Yeah, it, it was, like I, I remember hitting like a hybrid and getting it like almost up to the creek and then like getting way too close and then like hitting a pitching wedge or something in. But yeah, it was a weird hole. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, just... All the all the uh, stuff you went through with Wyndham, I'm sure, was a, a really good time. And just your, like, tell us a little bit about Jason Prio, because it, him as a coach, I mean, it felt like you guys were kind of playing college golf in high For school. Sure. For sure. Well, he was the college coach before. Like, he played at Pacific, and then he was the coach right after he graduated there. And I think they were, like, a top 20 team. I could be wrong on that, but, like, I mean, the stuff I learned from him definitely prepared me for college. I mean, he'd grind through a yardage book with like more, you didn't play practice rounds and high school golf other than like state. But yeah. like, I remember like my eyes kind of just being like, oh my God, like this is how you actually like chart a golf course and stuff like that. So it was huge, kind of gave me a little bit of a leg up going into college where I wouldn't have had that knowledge elsewhere. And I mean, he legit, I think if he wanted to probably could have played on the PGA tour. Yeah. It, it kind of felt like that. I remember our coach. Do you remember when the coaches still used to play? Like the coaches would go out and play after the high school kids. Yeah. Um, our coach played with him. I think it was at Broadlands up North and our coach, like I said, was legitimately probably couldn't break a hundred. Like, part of the reason he coached golf was to be able to play those rounds. <laughs> he yeah. was just like, I want to get out of, he was a social studies teacher. He's like, I want to get out of work and play golf. And I remember he played with Prio and he was like, yeah, he shot like 65. I shot like 108. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, what the hell is he doing out here? Like, it's insane. I remember one, I can't remember what track it was at, but they had like two other courses and Prio played with only like a six iron or seven iron and shot like 76 against the other coaches or something. Oh my God. He was, he's, that's probably his side hustle. He's probably taking their money. He's probably betting. <laughs> sure he was. He's like, I'll go play left-handed, like some tin cup shit, like with a blindfold and I'll still be on mm. you guys. Yeah. He was, he's still damn good. Yeah. Our coach was more concerned with 
whether to start fucking Roddy White or Julio Jones in his fantasy league on or fucking taking us to Krispy Kreme Donuts where we all missed our tea time because we were shitting our brains out. That's kind of how our high school golf career went. Um, well, let's talk about the transition to college and what was it like going to Old Miss? But the, also, it's very different now. The whole recruiting thing, NIL, you know, you were when you went to college is back where the NIL's under the table. Um, so we won't make you talk about that, but uh, what I'm was it like? Big bucks. <laughs> what was it like choosing to go to Old Miss, and where did you have some other offers from, and what was the decision like to go there? Well, so I always my dream school was always to go to Georgia, and they never got a chance really to go there, and I kind of so I had no idea really like where I wanted to go. I probably took like twenty visits, just like if I was playing, I kind of I won an AJG I think like sophomore year of high school and that opened some doors so kind of wherever I'd go play a tournament I'd just like visit the schools my cousin who lives here in Jacksonville went to Ole Miss and he's like if you get offered like you have to promise me you're going to take a visit I'm like I'm not going to school in Mississippi like come on like but I visited my favorites were Tennessee Oklahoma I mean, I liked Wake Forest, but like I would have failed out of school. So like, I don't even know why. <laughs> Unrealistically, I was like, fuck. But then as soon as I took a visit to Ole Miss, I think it was sophomore or junior year, like within five minutes of being there, I was like, this is where I want to go. Like this place is awesome. Yeah, it seems like Oxford is probably like a top five college town in America. Um, so, but real quick, before we get into Oxford, I remember you, I remember being so jealous cause you, you won the AJGA up in Aspen, right? Mm -hmm. And then I remember you were telling me, you're like, oh yeah, I went and like played the Greenbrier. I played Sawgrass. You were like traveling all over playing AJGA. So is that kind of how you got on the map to all these colleges? Yeah. For, it, that one like definitely opened the door and like, then I got into all the AJGA invites and like those are like you kind of get over recruited if anything at those because it's like probably pretty easy just for all the coaches to show up because I mean the top 10 kids are obviously great and then I, I finished top 10 at like the western junior one year and had played both junior ams I guess so I had a nice nice little run there yeah it sounds like it uh, yeah, I mean, we've seen it on just Monday Monday qualifying, and I want to get into that a little bit with you too, but mm -hmm. like golf is just such a sport of runs, and if you have a run at the right time, you can go from a basically a nobody to, you know, PGA Tour status, or or I love what they're doing now with college and doing the PGA Tour U. I think I that agree. like gives some guys this incentive to stay in college and not necessarily go play pro right away or try to be a pro right away. Uh, gives them a chance to go to school. Of course, we saw what happened with Nick Dunlap. Uh, we talked about that pretty extensively. Like, dude, ride the wave, and, and now he's, like, shooting 76 at these tournaments. And it's like, fuck, we wanted to be validated. Not that we won't, but uh, yeah. turning turning down a $1.5 million paycheck and then turning pro and, and missing a few cuts in a row has got to hurt a little bit. Uh, but what was it like playing in, in the SEC and just some of the some of the courses you got to play and then some of the different competition you got to see? Because, I mean... It's really, I mean, it's a powerhouse in football, but when you look at the golf too, I mean, who knows who's yeah. in what conference at this point, but in the, in those yeah. days, like SEC with Georgia, Alabama, all those schools, I'm sure it's just fucking low. Every tournament is loaded. Yeah. I mean, shit. I think every year, at least when you go, like you really didn't see the SEC teams, like you'd see two or three, you know, at 
the good events or whatever, but you don't really play with all, I guess, 12 at the same time. And then I want to say it was like junior, senior year, there wasn't a team. Every team was ranked inside the top 40. So That's it was insane. like, I think we were like close to say anywhere between like 10 to 18 in the country. And we were like the seventh team in the conference or something <laughs> like it was absolutely loaded. Yeah, that's nuts. Well, I mean, you talked about wanting to go to Georgia. It's like if you're if you don't already have like a PGA Tour card when you're 21, then you can't go to Georgia. Like they just <laughs> churn yeah. out tour players yeah. like it's their job. Um, how good was the partying in Oxford? Like, how, did it become <laughs> just absurd? Like, did it become a challenge? Obviously, I don't know. I'm gonna take a wild guess and say that school wasn't the priority. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, you could say. I mean, I got, I actually got way better grade. I was always like a, whatever, like the student athlete honor roll is. I always made that. And then, uh, but our coach, we luckily, he was a hard ass, but he was fun. He was like, you guys get one day a week. You can go enjoy yourselves. Like he went to Ole Miss, so he understood he got it. And it was like, but we didn't really go out during the week, which a lot of college kids, we might've snuck in a time or two. There, yeah. But, let's be real. You, you didn't like go Friday, out. Yeah. But like Friday or Saturday, he let us go enjoy ourselves and it was fun as hell. I mean, it's such a good environment and everyone down there just absolutely loves sports. So it was just like, it was so cool. Like, I mean, like versus kind of the pac 12 schools I took some visits to, it was like, they didn't really give a shit about the golf team. Like Ole Miss even supported the golf team. Like we were lucky enough. We got to play in Cabo and like we'd take a private jet there. And Holy it was shit. Like, yeah. It was a cool experience. Yeah. Playing at a school that really like cares. And like you said, kind of just in general sec schools, they really give a shit about like all their sports. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas like pac 12, I mean, now no longer even exists uh yeah. but they uh there's yeah. definitely not quite the the passion unless you know your organs or your uscs or whatever but it's just a little different i think like the sec is just built different and i've i've actually never been like down to an sec school so i couldn't really speak on it but from what i can tell like everybody really cares and that's got to really means something to you playing at a college where people give a shit. Like you walk yeah. around campus and people kind of know who you are and they care about how you play. Oh, for it was kind of like, for me, it was, I was like, what the hell is going on? Like, well, first I couldn't understand what anyone said. Mississippi, <laughs> And then like, I mean, we had, it was called like the season or whatever they did. And you'd have like, they'd probably do it once each a semester. I mean, there'd be a camera crew following us at tournaments and they made like a short little 30 minute documentary. So it was just like, it was definitely eye opening. I was like, this is not what I expected. Like who the hell cares about golf? We lose money for the school, but they supported <laughs> us great. And it was so much fun and football games were unbelievable there. It's like nothing you've ever seen, bro. I was going to ask. So I, I looked just to confirm this, but it looked like you had a few years that overlapped with uh, Swag Kelly down there at Ole Miss. Swag, baby, yeah. Did you ever run into him at a bar, or was oh, he sure. was he breaking <laughs> into people's houses already, like pissing in their living room at that point? Dude, he was so freaking good at Ole Miss. Like he could absolutely sling it, and yeah, he'd be at the bars occasionally there. I think they always kind of had some, <laughs> they had someone like uh, watching him there, like maybe a little helper, but. Uh, <laughs> 
he freaking I, I was lucky I had so my freshman year I played and then my sophomore year I had two hip surgeries so I didn't On go both to hip, obviously both hips mm-hmm. and I couldn't so that was and you have to wait they were six weeks apart so I probably went like 13 weeks I couldn't walk holy shit yeah and then but that was the greatest year of college ever because I got to go back the second semester and I just kind of got to be a normal student. So I got to kind of really see how old Miss was and how much fun it was. But that was the year we beat uh, Alabama at Alabama. And I went to the game and I was on my crutches still. Oh, my God. And, I mean, it was as much fun as I've ever had. I, I can only imagine what an SEC school is like, you know, be, bringing down a powerhouse, something like that. But you were probably like that. That one semester, you're like, Coach, I'm not taking one night a week. I'm taking about five. Yeah, well, I couldn't swing a club. Like, I could work out, so I'd work out twice a day and, like, took a lot of online classes and got to have fun with my buddies. So it was awesome. That sounds like the dream. Yeah, we, mm-hmm. we've got a guy here uh, uh, that I work with that went to Ole Miss, um, and he can't stop talking, like, constantly. That's all he talks about. Football team, fucking – this and that, like partying in Oxford, inviting me over for his fucking crawfish boil. Like he's, he's a riot dude, but he, you can really tell that fucking people there love the school and just love like, mm-hmm. you know, and it's one of those things I was talking with somebody about it. Cause we're big Iowa fans. Our, our family grew up okay. there and the States where they don't have professional sports, the college teams are like, they're treated like professional athletes. For sure. For sure. Hey, hopefully your boys at Iowa can score a couple more points this year. It's been tough for you guys to watch. Bro, punting is winning, dude. Punting is winning. (laughs) We need a whole other podcast to figure out their offense. Um, Well, so I got to ask you, because you played with Braden Thornberry, and Mm -hmm. he had almost, he was pretty close to doing what Nick Dunlap did. He almost won a PGA Tour event. What was it, like his junior year of? college um if i remember correctly was it like the rsm classic or something like that no it was the tpc southwind before it became the playoff event okay okay but yeah he finished like top five right yeah he finished like 30 head like he shot nothing on the weekend i think he like kind of maybe made the cut like by a couple or right on the number and just went off but i mean shit that we that sophomore that was the most fun year I had in school. That was the year I came back from injury. I think we won in the fall. We won four out of the five and finished like second. He won probably like six times and then the national championship. And then we had another kid on our team, Ben Walcott, that was a good player, and he won twice. I think we won maybe two more times in the spring. So like, and we got to go to every home football game that year. So it was oh. just like perfect storm and our team was great we had uh, a bunch of good dudes on the team so it was so much fun but i kind of went on a tangent there i forgot no dude that's that's probably your roman empire you probably think about that shit like once a week it was so much fun and uh but that oh then so Braden went there and like finishes third and i mean the kid was red hot for a year and a half i think he won the sunny hannah and something else that summer too like it was yeah, phenomenal. I remember it because, you know, like we talked about the whole Nick Dunlap thing. Do you think any part of him wishes he would have turned pro, like just strike while the iron's hot kind of thing, like right there? Because I don't know what kind of status he would have had. He probably yeah. would have, that at least gets you into the next event. You know, you top 10, you could play again. Um, 
but that's just so tough because like I'm sure Braden, you know, he's probably one of the best players you ever saw play mm-hmm. in person at one point that run he went on. And now it's like he's on the corn ferry. He's kind of jumping all around. Like he you you would think by his college career he would be a mainstay on tour at this point. So it's like like we talked about, you gotta when you're hot, you're hot and you gotta mm-hmm. ride it. So did did he consider that at all? I think so, but it was kind of like his happened very quickly and like I guess he was the number one AM in the world for like probably a year after that. But like, it wasn't to your, like talking to PGA tour, you like he didn't get rewarded almost at all for having, I mean, I'm sure he, I could be totally off, but I would imagine that's a top 10 or top five season in all of college golf. He like kind of got screwed. I mean, now if to your point, Nick Dunlap does that, I'm sure you have, he would have had plenty of live offers. He would have had, you know, guaranteed PGA tour starts. So it's just like a little bit of a, he was two years early, kind of got screwed on. Yeah, no shit. Like, yeah, he, he does that now and lives throwing a, a seven figure deal at him. If not more, you know, like it, it's obscene. I, which as it should be, I mean, there's every other sport you get rewarded for doing well in college. Like there was almost this kind of like when me and him graduated college, I mean, I'm, I know he had sponsors exemptions into PJ tour events and what, but it was like, for how much he beat the shit out of me in college. He should have had a lot more of a leg up. And it was like, we're almost on the same ground as soon as you turn pro. Yeah, you definitely, now they've done it better in golf where you can capitalize on some prior success in college and roll into like Ludwig Aberg. uh, You know, he's, I mean, and he's just built different. Like he's Mm -hmm. a machine, but at the same time, he rolls right out of Texas Tech, right onto the PGA Tour, like, no Q school, no nothing, and you're just like off and running there. Yeah. What was your guys' take on? You said you like Cotsball, uh heat for the Nick Dunlap take. What was yours that he just should have turned, bro? He, well, after he won, everybody was like, I, I posted something on our TikTok about, uh, yes, he should take like a two year exemption because you never know when you're going to get it. Like, and we had everybody in the comments going, let him go back to college. He's just a kid. He's just, I'm like, what kind of silver spoon take is that, that this kid should turn down a PGA tour card uh, and go enjoy his college years when you have a, you know, a 10 plus million dollar opportunity, you know, who knows with sponsors and everything and who, who can afford to turn that down to go have fun at college for two more years. Like people's takes. And, and I mean, you're on Twitter and the internet, like people yeah. are just so freaking dumb. They don't even know what they're talking about. So I, I just set a few people straight and then he turned pro like a week later and I, I yeah. clipped that video and I was like, Oh, look, like he clearly gets it. Like everybody shut the hell yeah. up because you don't know what you're talking about. Well, and could you imagine going from like a PG winning a PGA tour event to showing up at like damn some tournament in Birmingham and being like, <laughs> Oh, like, like there's no way the blood's going. And the kid already won the USAM. Like, what else are you going to accomplish? Yeah, exactly. And when they were saying like, oh, you don't get, you, you lose um, a certain exemption uh, into one of the majors. I'm like, well, he gets that anyways, because he just won a PGA Tour event. Like <laughs> yeah. people I just. Some, yeah, I think for some reason he doesn't get in the British, but like other, who, like you can qual, like he's a good player. He'll obviously <laughs> figure it out. He, he's capable of doing it on his own for sure. Well, let's talk about some qualifying that you've done. So you played in the British Am, uh, and mm-hmm. then you've uh, – do you officially hold the course record at Riverdale Riverdale Dunes, or is it a tie? Or... 
I think I do. I honestly, I have no idea. I was just happy to, you know, make it through. I, yeah. but, um, well, I want to talk cause we, we talk a ton about just Monday cues and, and there's mm-hmm. some great Twitter info on that. Take us through what that's like. And, and then maybe, you know, r- rolling in that, that fucking 61 at Riverdale dunes. Let's talk about yep. some of your hot rounds where you just get out there in a Monday qualifier where it's like, you don't play well today and you're, you're not, you know, you're fucked. And there's so many of these Monday qualifiers for different events that are just like you shoot 67 and you, you're not even sniffing shit. Talk about how crazy all those are. Well, I mean, and that was, so the first Mondays I kind of played at a call cause I, while I was in college, I went to Canada and Latin Q school and got like Latin. I think I did a little bit better where I was getting into the events, but Canada that summer I was not. So I went up and played like the first four Mondays. And I want to say I was, anywhere between like 12 and 14 under through the first four. And I don't even think I sniffed one. Like I was shooting like, like you'd come in with 67 and it was just not even close. Now the golf courses were easy and everything, but those are a grind and they're damn expensive too. Like That's, that's like, what I was going to say. Cause a lot of people don't understand and Canada is probably more feasible for an American than Latin yes. America. Um, I actually, I don't know if you, I forget this dude's name, but he was caddying out a car at a golf club. He was an Australian kid. And I remember him talking about, he, uh, he missed Canadian tour Q school by like a shot. And he was so pissed that he packed up like his Kia Sorento and drove up to Canada and Monday queued every single Canadian tour event and actually got through every single one. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. I forget who it was, but he was a weirdo dude. I remember listening to him. I'm like. I, he, he had some sort of vendetta against PGA Tour Canada. Uh, but just, yeah, like, well, let's go back to Riverdale because it was funny. I Google, like, you know, we hadn't talked for years, and I was like, I wonder what Josh is up to. So I just Googled your name, and the first thing, it was the Corn Ferry, or it was the Ascent Week uh, Corn Ferry Tour in, uh, okay. here in Colorado. And I'm like, oh, Josh just shot 61 at Riverdale to get through to uh, play in the Corn Ferry Tour event. I was like, holy shit, I'm a head pro at a golf course and this dude shooting 61 um, at Riverdale. So tell us Riverdale is one of those courses where I feel like I go out in like 33 or 32 every time. And then Mm -hmm. I make a few bogeys. I usually end up shooting around, you know, a couple under even par, but 61 is definitely not in my wheelhouse on that golf course. So what, uh, what was that like? Well, I honestly, I didn't play a practice round and I like played it in high school, so I didn't kind of remember it. And I, my pops was caddying for me, which was cool. And I birdied the first two holes and then like, I think birdied the fourth and fifth. And I'm like, Oh shit, kind of five under birdied. I still remember birdied the eighth eagled the ninth and then birdied Dude. the 10th, birdied the 10th and 11th. And I'm like, all right, I can like, I'll make it now. Well, at that point, you're not even thinking about making it. You're like, I'm gonna, am I going to shoot 58 oh, for sure? And like, <laughs> And that was, this still pisses me off so much. Best shot I hit on the day, the whole 12 was like a little par three. And I hit it to like 20 feet, like lip out the 20 footer. And I have a foot and a half. I don't even touch the hole. So I make bogey there. And I'm like, are you shitting me? Cause then, but that was almost a good thing. Cause it kind of like refocuses you. Yeah. And then I think I birdied like, yeah, 14, 15, 16. 
lipped out on 17 for birdie and then had a chip for eagle kind of i luckily i hit it aggressive made bar whatever i was in but it was awesome it's just one of those days where golf actually feels easy which isn't many of them and so i don't i've always been decent at like when i get it going it's like you don't have many chances to shoot nothing so like you better take it up on it 100 percent, dude and that's like you said i mean that bogey maybe got you to start playing off back on offense as opposed to like you know just trying to make pars going in but uh yeah you probably didn't ver- make very many pars that day when you shoot 61 you know as you're you're birdie in no. the majority of the uh the holes out there so yeah that is a a wild round for sure it was fun i wish i wish i had a couple more days like that when i was playing well and that's golf too dude when it's easy you're like should i pick something else up like this feels like i've ma- like i'm so good I shouldn't have to do this again. Like, should I go bowling? And then when you're playing like shit, you're the same thing. You're like, I need to stop playing this game because I just don't have it. Like it's impossible. And it's never coming back. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny, man. Oh, it's wild. What was it like rolling into then that week and playing at, it's called the ascendant now, but it was, Mm -hmm. what was it called before that? Just the Colorado championship on the corn Ferry tour or some shit before. I think it was before they had like a title sponsor or whatever. Yeah. So that, it was awesome. Now again, it kind of sucked. It was during COVID. So there were no fans out there. Did they make you wear masks outside? No, but you had to get COVID. Well, probably I, the clubhouse wasn't done. So like, I think when you had to like walk in there to eat, you did, but everyone was tested. So it was like the tournament started Wednesday, weirdly, instead of Thursday. So I like, you got your COVID test and you had to wait there for like a couple hours to figure out if you could, like, as long as it was whatever you passed it, you go out there. So I probably played and I'd never been out there other than hit some balls. So I played out probably like 14 holes in the practice round. I luckily had a great caddy but it kind of got rained out. So it was a little bit, I wish I would have had one more day, but is what it is. Um, what do you, so what do you think of TPC Colorado as a course? Because like, you know, Colorado is getting a PG tour event at Castle Pines. Yeah. They built rain dance national with the purpose of, you know, hosting something there. Eventually you got TPC Colorado. Like, do you think it's a championship course worthy of hosting something more than a corn Ferry tour event? Um, it's probably a little, like the fairways are so wide. It's a, probably a little easy to have, like, you could have like a normal PGA tour event. I don't think you could, or like a big time amateur event. I don't see it hosting like a BMW. Maybe I'm wrong. I love the golf course, but it's like, you'd land an airplane on half the fairways. Like I get That's it. Why I fucking love it. I fucking <laughs> yeah, me love too. that like, spot. You just, you just Last send driver. it down. Yeah, exactly. You just, yeah, you hit it wherever, but we, uh, we've played out there a couple times and it's a little bit long from the, the back, the plates for me. I'm like, God damn, I got five iron in again. This is ass. Like on that 773 yard hole, I think I had driver, uh, three wood high or four iron or five iron. And I was like, this is not very fun. It's not a fun hole then. (laughs) We we watched the, a lot of the corn fairy guys. They, uh, they moved the tees up a few days on that hole. Yeah. Um, but we were watching guys lay up to like one, you know, 150 out with like hybrid and oh, three wood. I think in the event, like I hit like driver three wood, and but it's kind of a sketchy one because you got to get it over those cross bunkers. But that's a, 
I think Castle Pines will be able to do it, but like it's only issue now a little bit in Colorado. The golf courses aren't long enough almost to have big time golf. Like I guess Cherry's making it longer where you could have like a USAM and convert some holes, make it par seventy, I guess, for something big, but really kind of Cherry Hills and Castle Pines are kind of the only two spots I like see where they could host something big. Well, that's what sucks. I mean, we're all three, you know, Colorado natives grew up playing mm-hmm. golf in Colorado and there's there's a, a numerous amount of good tracks in terms of a, a, not a professional level, but I think that's where we get kind of screwed and it's just the the way it is, you know. It's you you don't want to have an event go, you know, full Maui Century Tournament of Champions 34 yeah. 35 under, but we for the amount of golf that's in Colorado at an amateur level and the good courses that amateurs can play, we really mm-hmm. get hosed with the amount, the little level of professional golf that's played here. You know, fucking sure. other other states that have these random ass courses are getting PGA Tour events every year. And, like and Kansas I'm, and Oklahoma and shit. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'd much rather go to Colorado than the the asshole of the Midwest. But you know, that's no that's kind of how it goes. Um, so, do you have any good stories uh, from? your latin american days like you have some yeah. crazy run-ins or anything because i've heard it's just a, a nightmare traveling you're staying like you know and it all depends on you know what kind of money you have what you want to spend yeah if you want to try to make money that week like you're staying yeah, in sure. like a shitty hotel or whatever but tell us a little bit about that yeah well to your point the money is just garbage on that but uh all right i'll give you the first the first event i play was in uh brazil and i mean i literally fresh out of college i hardly know anyone out there the hotel like i get into the event probably like a week and a half before go to book my hotel completely booked and so i knew two kids that played at washington state and they're like oh we got an airbnb and everyone speaks portuguese there so you really have no idea what the hell is going on and the Uber driver drops me off like at the Airbnb and he like puts in his phone. He's like, you cannot stay here. He's like, you will die if you stay oh here. And I'm like, God. well, and the Airbnb was super nice. Like once you're down there, everything's like really cheap, honestly. And, uh, but it was like kind of gated up all this. And he was like, and I was like, dude, this is like the only spot I uh, can stay at. And so he was luckily a great guy, nice guy. We use the translator and he, had like one of his buddies bring us food every night for dinner so we didn't have to leave like as soon as we opened up the garage we got in his car like you didn't leave go anywhere else and that first event i'm on like right on the cut line probably like four or five holes ago and terrible golf hole but it was like a par four down the hill and it looked like it had four or five like elephants in the middle of the fairway i kind of hit it right center and a kid in my group hits it dead down the middle and we only see like two balls in the fairway. So we're looking in the right rough. I walk over in the right rough and I see like a titleist ball. I was playing Callaway at the time. And I kind of like turn my back and the kid in my group's like, oh, your ball's like up here by the green. So I start walking down and I was like, oh shit, that's gotta be the kid. Like he must've got a terrible kick off like the side slope of the fairway, that's his. When I like turn to look around, I look and I had a caddy again that spoke Portuguese and he launches the kid's ball into the bush. And he looks at me and goes, and I'm like, are you shitting me? And like all three of us are like grinding to make the cut. So I got to call a rules official over and he's like, well, why do you throw his ball in the bush? I'm like, I don't know. You ask him. I don't speak Portuguese. Like, I don't know what the hell's going on here. Oh all my three God. of us just get rattled, miss the gut. But I was like, what a first opening week here. 
Where, where are they getting these caddies? Like you just hire somebody local. They just have them at the club. Yeah. It's like, or whatever they, they juices up. It's like 40, 60 bucks. There's a couple guys that you could get like, uh, a couple of caddies that kind of follow the tour that are decent or whatever, but most it's just some guy that doesn't, doesn't do anything. Just carries the bag for you. Oh my God, dude. That is awesome. <laughs> That's but, probably the, looks at you and just gives you the sh- that is fuck that yeah. might be one of the best things i've ever fucking heard yeah like he's he's hoping to get an extra tip out of you because he's making your buddy over there shoot 80s <laughs> throwing his ball yeah he's like cut line just went up a fucking stroke yeah, but I'm, like, I'm trying to explain to the kid in my group too i'm like dude like I don't know what to tell like you were just in the right rough like I'm sorry like I don't know the scatty at all <laughs> like <laughs> uh, um well so does does the PGA tour facilitate any of that travel or anything or is it a free for all like you're on your own um so like they there's a guy he, he, I don't know if he'll still run like the Americans tour and he works for the PGA tour he was his name was Claudio he was like honestly the best I mean they'd send you an email every week like this is where you stay like this but like the hotels half the time like filled up so you kind of had to go on your own they helped you out as the pga tour like staff themselves were fantastic who worked the events they didn't necessarily have very much to like work with as far as most of the golf courses kind of suck and then um like you're in the a lot of the time you're going to places in the middle of like nowhere brazil like that one was an hour out there's nowhere to stay really eat so it's like they don't set those guys probably up for the most success there. Yeah. I mean, like I understand like cutting your teeth on the lower tours, but like sending you down to South America and you're mm-hmm. grinding just to make your money back. And you're oh, yeah. like, did you have to get certain vaccinations before you went down to South America? Like, well, then again, when it was COVID at like mine was weird. So then like after my first year, it was probably 20, yeah, 2019. I, I'm trying to think, Corn Ferry Q School. I missed a damn five footer to make it to final stage. And then, yeah, that sucked. And then I went and like finished probably top five at the other two. So I had my full cards. Well, we played the first event in Mexico and then it closed down for like a year and a half. So oh, then you had to get, a, then you had to get a COVID shot to play Latin. And then Canada, they moved to the U.S., which was honestly nice. That was fun. Oh, okay. So they just played Canadian tour events in the U.S. then? Yeah, but we only played like, instead of, I would have played like 20-something events that year between the two, and I played 14 combined because they only played seven and seven. Yeah. Yeah, that COVID messed up a lot of shit. Well, and Canada is just such a problem. Like, they... (laughs) They weren't yeah. letting people in there for like three years. So no. <laughs> Mitchell can't go to Canada. You can ask her about that one. <laughs> yeah. I, I got a, got a little dewy a few years back. So oh, no, I'm no shit. longer allowed in Canada for the time being. Um, a, you got an uphill battle there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Canadians can go fuck off anyways. I don't, I don't, need, I don't need their maple syrup. I'm good down here in America. So. <laughs> Uh, so let's talk about what you're doing now. Um, you're in Jacksonville, you're teaching, um, was teaching always like once you got to the level of golf, you were playing, you know, some people make it, some people get to like decide that like, Hey, I want to stay in this game. Some people are like, fuck this. I, you know, I didn't get to where I wanted to go maybe playing. 
Uh, so they don't want to, you know, they would go do something completely real estate like everybody does at some point, it seems like. Yeah. Um, so what is it like teaching down there now? Where are you at? Um, and what does your day-to-day look like now? Okay, so, well, mine was weird. Like, I just, I played the Corn Ferry Monday qualifier in Kansas City, shot like one or two under, and I'm driving back to Colorado, drove right through Elizabeth there, boys. And uh, I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, there's easier ways to make money than like <laughs> shooting two under. I'm like, God, I lost 900 bucks or whatever this week. And so uh, I was telling him, it's you can see on my logo, it's called Rex, oh, other shirt, the camera can you see there. Uh, but it's uh, Rex Golf and it's in Jacksonville. It's like four minutes from my house at the beach there. And the guy that built my clubs when I was playing pro, he had like a mobile golf van. So he just shoved your house like, throw the grips on and like all that. But uh, instead of like the mini tour guys, he'd be like, Hey, you can give me some of your like extra clubs if you don't want to pay cash. Cause like he kind of, he understood he played golf at Florida and he was like, I'll help you guys out. And like, so we just give him, I mean, I had so much old stuff from college or whatever. And so he kind of got a huge collection of golf clubs and he opened up like a, it's a used golf, new and used golf shop there. And it's got a simulator. So Right after I finished that Monday, I texted him. I was like, hey, like, I'm going to be looking for a job if you need any part-time help. And he was like, can you teach? And I'm like, I can sure as hell try. So he, <laughs> he, had, one, he had his brother-in-law come in, and I taught him, and I was fairly decent at it. And I've kind of just been going with it since there. That sounds awesome, dude. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, teaching is one of those things where if you've done it, like not everybody can teach if they've done it, but – yeah. You you at least can give a, a good insight as to what good golf looks like and you you know, you've been around it enough to where you can oh, yeah. you can explain it. And for sure I was enough of a head case. I took plenty of lessons that I'm <laughs> fine. I can I can at least regurgitate some of that. I'm pretty I'm good as long like beginners, I'm not very good at teaching yet. I gotta learn there, but like someone can make contact, I can make a decent difference. Oh, for sure. Um well we're we, we got a couple more questions. We probably got to wrap this up. One of my yeah. questions, favorite Colorado public golf course and private golf course, not Castle Pines. Cause you, okay. obviously that's your, your spot. So yeah. give us one of each. I love CGC actually. I think it's, it's easy. Like a, you couldn't again, like host much. It's I take that back. You could host like seniors. I don't see like a PGA tour event being out there, Yeah, but I think it's so much fun to play. I mean, if you get it going, you can shoot nothing there. Public golf course. Let's think. God, there's a ton of good ones. I mean, I hate this is, but common ground's pretty sick for just a straight public golf course. I like the Ridge too. Just played there a bunch when I was growing up. Yeah, no, common ground's really good. It's just where it is in the heart of Aurora. Like it, yeah. you got amb- ambulances flying by. You got cop cars flying around. You're like, <laughs> this golf course doesn't quite fit where i'm at right now like for sure you but feel like, like you're in a really nice spot and you're in central aurora, aurora like yeah sure. it's um but yeah cgc is probably one both of our favorites like yeah. such a fun track the par fives are amazing um so many good holes but like you said it's just not long enough and it's just crazy too like you look at 7600 yards and you're like that's not long enough for the pg tour but i mean but that's think like you can two of the holes you hit three wood on in the par four greens. Yeah. Yeah. Now the it, greens were crazy, but 
you'd have to trick that place out to to make it tough for the tour guys for sure. What what's y'all's favorite public course there? Honestly, Riverdale Dunes is probably my favorite. Okay. Like it just the shape that it's in, like and mm-hmm. relatively speaking, since COVID, it's so hard to get a tea time anywhere. They're pretty good about like they don't let people go crazy with that shit and it's relatively inexpensive for what you're getting. So other than Pete Dye, I'm not a huge Pete Dye guy, but I love that track. Okay. All right, <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, that's a good one. Also, the new city park, have you played it since they redesigned it? No. I my buddies love it out there. I was though. gonna say, all right, you gotta come up now. Like our office where we're doing this pod is like five minutes from it. So come okay. up, we'll play City Park. It's it's good. Like it's obviously like there's a par five that I've hit driver gap wedge and it's like, you know, if you hit it a decent way, it's, it's a pitch and putt on most of the holes. There are some like longer fours, but it's tight enough and there's a lot of streets and fucking cars driving. So it's not easy, but if you're hitting it good, you can turn it into a pitch and putt. It's sick. Yeah. We for sure got to get out there. Who who uh, wins between y'all two mainly now? Uh, it's usually him. There's a few days where I'll get him here and there, but I fucking hit it so wonky most, most of the time, especially off the tee, that if I'm hitting driver good, like the first three holes, you'll be able to tell if I'm shooting 72 or if I'm shooting 82. It's pretty okay. pretty evident right off the hop, and I can't putt for shit. Like <laughs> I'm like a diet Scotty Scheffler most of the time, like a very low oh, amateur level. Like I can hit the ball with anybody, but when I get on the greens, it's an absolute... Like, you missing one and a half foot putt, not hitting the hole is probably a round by round thing for me. Like it's, God. it's, I'm, I got seven putters. I'm a complete head case dude when it comes to the putting green. So that's where I lose my shit. And Mitchell, like Mitchell won't hit a ton of greens. Doesn't hit it very far. Won't hit a ton of greens. Relatively speaking, Jesus. <laughs> but he, but he's like every seven, eight footers in he's every chip is up and like he gets up and down almost every single time. So He's usually yeah. beating me. Um, but funny story about Common Ground, that you love that place so much. I fucking hate that place. Oh, God. Their, their <laughs> fucking native is so thick. But, like, Mitchell caddied for me in an event there, and I was hitting it right of it, right of right. Like, I, I don't know. I, it was like I was – like, my face was probably 20 degrees open. That's honestly <laughs> what it felt like. And so we were always walking into the other fairway, and I think I shot, like, 82 that day. But it was – I, I think I tore my rotator cuff just holding my arm out all fucking day. Just somebody over there, I think he lost. Well, so you remember the number one, um, like, what is it, like 15 runs up against it? But it's yeah. like 150 yards apart. He hit it yeah. into the rough on, like, 15. Wow. It was, that, bro, it was, it was bad. I was like, I've never witnessed something like this. I, I was trying to hang in there, but I was like, I can't stop laughing at this shit. This is the most insane. Like banana ball doesn't do it justice to say that shit. It was, it was nuts. Yeah, it was, uh, it, uh, it was rough. Um, so we're going to finish up. We uh, do a weekly segment on Wednesdays. Uh, it's called right. fairway or four. So it's basically okay. a segment where we pick two things. They're sometimes golf related, sometimes not. We're going to get you in on this. So, Basically, if you agree with our take on it, it's fairway. If you don't, it's okay. four. Uh, Mitchell, right. you you started off, and we'll see what uh, Josh's take on it. Okay, so obviously on the heels this week of Tiger withdrawing uh, with diarrhea or a bad back or whatever you want to call it, um, he uh, he's looking a little rough right now, so I don't know if this is a hot take. And obviously he's Tiger Woods, but I honestly don't think he's going to win again And that's sad, but I think it's kind of the truth at this point. Four. I think he'll just, he's too good, but he could also like 
end up never finishing a four round. Like <laughs> his leg, his leg doesn't like it. I, I have a tough time like watching him walk right now. Like it, it literally looks like it hurts so bad, but he's so good that like one week, if he just finds it, he'll win still. I, I saw that little twinkle in your eye. I assume Tiger is your favorite fan or your, your, he was your favorite golfer growing up. No, actually, he wasn't. So Ricky Barnes was always my favorite golfer. Ricky uh, Barnes with the old school, yeah. like the painter's hat that he wore yeah, and shit. So, yeah, so he made his pro debut at uh, Castle Pines, and he stayed at my house there, and I didn't give a shit about golf at the time. And he was he was awesome. He took me to, like, Rocky's games. I mean, he was, <laughs> he was teaching me to pee on tires in the parking <laughs> lot. Like, he was just an awesome like, – an awesome dude and I was like damn like golfers are pretty cool actually so I it kind of like changed my view on it and I that's kind of right around the time I like would play a little bit more in the summer with my buddies and stuff so like I would actually say Ricky Barnes and then Retief Goosen because I would just he was unbelievable on the video game just a little butter <laughs> that, that I, I love that well I, I don't disagree that Tiger could maybe get it going again I just don't see it with that Alex Smith looking leg he's got like he's it's it's a rough scene dude and you know he's Tiger Woods but uh I yeah it might you know father time's undefeated that's I in like walking walking just six days in a row seems like it would be tough but get them in a golf cart yeah I think I think Josh's caveat though is like watching a Genesis is not a great one with that first tee box and you got to walk straight down a fucking mountain basically. Yeah. But like, if you could say like right now, Tiger Woods is going to play four days at 10, 15 events the rest of his career. I bet you he wins one of those. If he, do, yeah. if he, if it's like four or five, you're probably like, eh, I don't know if he's going to end up winning one of those. But if he actually finishes a few, I think, I'm with Josh mm-hmm. on that one that like he'll win one of the ones he finishes, especially because he's like he's tied for the like one, his next win is the most tour wins of all time. So that I feel like that is enough, you know, for, enough of a reason for him to get back out there and win. Yeah, they need yeah, to put like, like one of those acorn chairlifts at on the first tee at Riviera for him to ride <laughs> right down the side of the hill. You just see him. If, if there's pretty- ever golf carts allowed, I think that's the guy that'll get one. Oh, for sure, no doubt. And, but I mean, don't think he'll ever take one unless the whole field is. But uh, God, he could he could have gone to live and negotiated that in there. Been like, we can add carts to this, boys. <laughs> He's like, you start on twelve B. Here's your golf cart. Get out there, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, so my favorite four is uh, normal or other sports other than golf related. So are you a Denver sports fan? Then growing up here, Broncos, Rockies, Nuggets, Avs, Broncos. Broncos, Nuggets, Abs. Obviously, I watch. Not a huge hockey guy. My okay. like, best friend is a huge hockey fan, so like, I'll definitely watch. I watch the games, but can't say I'm like. Football is my sport. Like, huge Ole Miss fan. Unfortunately, huge Broncos fan at the moment. Yeah. But. So it's it's rough right now. And my favorite four is I am never. Like, we go on away trips with the Broncos, not with the Broncos, but, like, we go watch them in other cities yeah. every single year. And I, <laughs> Jesus, I think that it's never, like, I'm never okay with wearing Broncos gear the day after they lose. I think most, and I'm like that with most of my teams. Like, 
yes, I'm a diehard fan still, but I'm not going to show up in like a Broncos jersey to the airport after they got absolutely embarrassed by the Lions the night before this last year in Detroit. So what's your thoughts on that? Fairway all day. I agree on that. They don't, they don't, especially the way they've been playing. You don't, you can't be doing that after now. See, I'm almost so far in the other direction where like out in New Jersey, I'll wear Bronco shit and I just don't care. Cause like, I just want to show everybody that I'm a Broncos fan. Even, you know, I go back to when's the last time the Jets won a a Super Bowl or, you know, whatever. But overall, it's just, it is very sad the direction the Broncos have gone in. But either way, I'm almost like, we're almost like Browns fans at this point where I'm impervious to losing. Where I'm just like, you know what? They fucking lost again. I'm still going to wear their their gear because I'm just a Broncos fan, unfortunately. Yeah. I guess, though, but with Old Miss gear, if they lose, I'd still wear it. But, like, the Broncos, I just can't stand watching our quarterbacks. Like, it drives me crazy. Have a good quarterback. Yeah, we. Uh, I was going to say one of mine was going to be, like, should Chad Kelly be starting for the Broncos next year? Hell, yes. I mean, what do you – one – I think he was Canadian football MVP this year. Yeah. One, whatever their, I don't know what their Super Bowl's called, but Chad Kelly. <laughs> oh, it's called the Grey Cup. Oh, okay. The Grey Cup. Whatever. <laughs> Swag's got one of those. Add it to the resume. If he yeah, didn't. He's got as many rings as Russell Wilson does. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, exactly. Swag. <laughs> if he didn't get friggin' arrested that time he would have been the Broncos starting quarterback probably well he probably would have done something in the meantime yeah but. we wouldn't be on this quarterback search that we've been on for the last five six years so Sucks. just goes to show you you know those those recreational drugs will really get you I, I will say Jackson Dart fucks I love best quarterback name in the fucking world he's a baller I'm excited to watch him some more next year yeah that he's he's a tough fella there we should be nice next year. Like, oh yeah, we had a huge recruiting or huge transfer portal class. They're paying the boys nicely over there. So, let's see. I was gonna say who's who's the uh, do you know who the main donor is? Like everybody's got. I think it's the guy who started uh, Realtree, the hunting company. Oh, that's perfect. That's so fitting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we did those. Uh, like they do the light blue camo helmets there. So it's kind of like, I think they've been paying the boys pretty nice. <laughs> yeah, the real tree. That's what our, my guy from here, uh, work told me. The old He went to Ole Miss and he started real okay. tree. So now it's like yeah. the, the thing. So he's, he's the, and then they did that collab with the helmets and everything. So mm-hmm. yeah, Ole Miss is going to be wearing full camo fits just with all the kids that this guy's getting over to uh, Oxford. They're going to be all camoed out. <laughs> Keep paying the boys. I'm all for it. <laughs> Lay the man. Well, dude, thank you so much for uh, coming on. This was a blast. Yeah. Um, I think we – would you want to come back on again sometime? Maybe we can make this uh, – you know, we'll talk Good. some more golf. We'll maybe after a major or something we'll have you on. And we definitely sure. got to get out on the golf course, you know, when our paths cross again and play a little golf. No doubt. I'll be – I'm getting married at uh, the sanctuary there in June, so I'll be there for a bit. So – Shit, and in early June or late June? Um, the 14th, so I think it's Friday of the U.S. Open. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I might be around. I'm not not positive. But he's just, well, he's I, just I, flying I, by the seat of his pants right now. So yeah, yeah. hey, that's how that's how I go too, baby. So it's all good. <laughs> but yeah, anytime you boys want me on, this is a blast. So it was fun. Thank you for having me. Hell yeah, Josh. Appreciate it. We appreciate you guys all tuning in as well. Make sure to check out. 
well, Josh is down in, uh, in, in Jacksonville now, but if you're down in Jacksonville, you're in the Florida area, um, get a lesson from this man. This man has played some great golf. Uh, follow him on Twitter. Is it jsiple 18? Well, a guy, I don't even know. Cause I freaking lost my password for Twitter. So I had to make a new one, but it's Josh Seiple 18 something. So cool. there should be two of them pulled up. <laughs> I love that. Appreciate you all tuning in. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the Mexico open, AKA Tony Finau's honey hole. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Peace. 